Holy shit. I have lost my job. And I need to go find another one. Damn. That sucks, right? What are you going to do? That totally sucks. Hardballs. Um, yeah. And uh, there's many people right now in that boat, right? It's um, June 2020. We are beyond the COVID crackdown. Yeah. We're now in the COVID reopening, maybe re-entering another COVID crackdown. And what started off as a temporary furlough has now turned into a permanent yeah. furlough. Yes. What happened as a, hey, we're going to need to cut your hours for a few weeks. Hey, we're going to keep your hours where they currently are. And that doesn't jive for most of Americans. That doesn't jive for, for most people in the workforce. So I figured, John. Yes. I figured you and I should spend the next umpteen minutes. Yes. You notice how I didn't say 20 or 25. I, I like how you didn't time you didn't timestamp it this time. Yeah. I want to challenge anyone who listens to this podcast to go back and and count how many episodes I've said over the next 20 or 25 minutes. Oh yeah. And you look at the time you're like, "Yo, that was like 45 minutes." Or the one we did uh, a week back with oh, TY yeah. with Taylor Young with Urban Young. Great stuff by the way. Yeah, it was awesome, right? Yeah. Um 55 minutes. I must have said at least twice. It was only going to be 2025. Therefore, I'm going to try my best going forward Mm -hmm. to stay away from saying over the next 20, 25 minutes. I'm just going to say umpteen minutes or for the next, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes to maybe 60. Yeah. This is is what we're going to talk about. This is what we're going to cover. Yeah. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. I am Dustin Owen. He is John Coleman. And for the next... Whatever time period we choose to be, we are going to look to entertain you, inspire you, and educate you. Yes. All right. You down with this? I'm so down. Perfect. So today we were supposed to have in another guest speaker, presenter, interviewee. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Jim couldn't make it. Uh, He had some uh, scheduling conflicts and he couldn't catch a flight back to Orlando in time. No worries. We're going to go ahead and get him booked for next week. But I do look forward to when Jim comes on because Jim is a professional headhunter. Okay. He is a recruiter, and he actually recruits specifically for the mortgage industry. Mm. So he places top producing loan officers with new companies, top producing underwriters and processors, and sometimes entire branches. All right. So I'm excited to have Jim on, and I'm, I'm excited to get his perspective because his is going to be a very much more high-level corporate executive than mine is going to be more street-level. Mm-hmm. But – We are in June. It is 2020. We are dealing with the fallout of COVID. We really don't know the direction of our economy. Um, My buddy Chris, he still thinks V-shaped. Other people say U-shaped. Most people are saying we're not going to be in good shape (laughs) for at least another year or two, which means there's going to be people displaced from an employment standpoint. So you were one of those people um, up until about six, seven months ago. Mm And I have friends that are currently those people. And something that I do do for Waterstone Mortgage is I am on the leadership team and I am part of the hiring process. So for the past decade plus, I have been a part of saying who we hire, when we hire, screening applicants. And I want to take your experiences from over the previous 12 months, my experiences over the past 10 years, and let's just talk about what it's like to be interviewing, mm-hmm. submitting resumes, 
Um, let's talk about some things that I see on my end as a hiring manager that you're like, or not you, but I'm like, man, I'm shaking my head about. Yeah. And you let us know what it was like. You know, just going through the, you had one job. It was your your career mm -hmm. for 13 years. Yeah. And when that went away, you had time on your hands. Mm -hmm. Some you took freely. You traveled, right? Yeah. Um, and then at some point you decided, eh, I think I need to start reentering the uh, workforce. Absolutely. I don't know if the savings account got depleted all or your wife started giving you a hard time. All of the above. All of the above. Yes. Okay. Um, and it wasn't your choice that your previous em employer, they had layoffs, mm, right? Yeah. Restructuring. Restructuring. And you weren't a part of the restructuring. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's just, you and I spend the, the next umpteen minutes going back and forth and talking about this topic of, yeah. holy shit. I need to go get a job. Yes. And I may or may not have done this in the past nine years, or in your case, 13 years. Yeah. And other people, it may have been, look, I've been helping my spouse run our business, mm. but my spouse is going to go ahead and wind that business down, go work for someone else, at which point I need to go find a, a job or a new career of my own. And, mm. and what's that going to look like? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say on my end, Yeah, the number one thing you need to do is go get your social media in check. Yes. Right? Hey, everyone looking to get a job right now. Everyone. Um, everyone who's looking to get a job, triple check your social media. Do you, How do you have it set up? If it's wide open, then your posts need to be extremely generic. Mm -hmm. If your social media is not wide open and it's more narrowed or only people that are your friends can see your post, feel free. Yeah. All is game. Yes. But I'm going to promise you as a hiring manager, the first thing I do, I'm talking about like your resume just hit my inbox. Then I'm going to Facebook. I'm going to Instagram. I'm going to LinkedIn and I want to find out about you. Yep. Would you do something similar? That's the, that's the first thing I did about you when I got your, your full name. Was it really? Yeah, that's the absolutely first thing. I was like, who am I interviewing? Dustin Owen. And I went straight to LinkedIn, and I just went down the rabbit hole. When you were out interviewing, were you, were you, were you cognizant of oh. things that you post? Oh, yeah. But given the fact, you know, I, I, I really don't post that most, much to social on my personal life. So, and given that I was kind of, kind of groomed and bred in social media, I kind of know the do's and don'ts of what to say, what to post. So I was never kind of concerned about kind of my actions on social media. I always kept it pretty clean. Yeah, because your Facebook is basically non-existent. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's there. It works. I do log in, but I'm not I'm not showing off my late, latest meal or my last trip. No, and Instagram's a little bit harder to um, to snoop on. Yeah, because um, you can change your name. You can like, yeah. kind of go incognito. Yeah, yeah, and then when your name's John Coleman, um, God, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, well, John Coleman, Dan Smith. Yeah, um, yeah. Good luck finding uh, the right one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so like th th that's my first thing, but I, I want to talk about something that happened today. Okay. Um, today, I had a voicemail from a young lady who had applied for one of our open positions. Okay. I mean, we're currently hiring. The mortgage market is a very strong industry to be in right now. Rates are super cheap. You have people who are gainfully employed really want to get out and buy homes, especially because rates are so cheap. I'm talking like, you know, two to 3% um, or mid twos to mid threes. You have people who have mortgages but they want to save two or 300 bucks a month. So they're trying to refinance their existing mortgage rate. So we are in, in hiring mode right now, probably all facets of the industry. And someone applied and she didn't get a call. 
Now, she didn't get a call because we have a screening process, right? And it's it's very structured. It's the same for all applicants. That, that way we can make sure that we're treating all applicants fairly and the same. Mm-hmm. And she obviously, this person I'm talking about, didn't make it through that screening process. And you know, when I look at her resume, I can probably guess why. She's had five jobs in the past four years. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot of stability. And I'll tell anyone who's looking to interview or get hired on to a to an organization or or to an opportunity that they currently don't have or they don't work for that organization, one of the first things that we look for is longevity in the workforce. And I'm not saying longevity meaning, oh, how many years have you been in the industry? Yes, we look for that, but we we look for first, how long have you worked for one company? Yeah. Are you a job hopper? Because there's always a reason why you didn't stay there for a year. And look, I understand that life happens and I understand that, you know, sometimes we make decisions to go work for employers that just aren't a good fit for us, but five over four years. Ah. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, you hear me say this a lot, the person in the mirror. Yeah. Um, and, and as, as a hiring manager, you don't necessarily want to hire someone who job hops. Hmm. Um, so we, we look for that. We look for that before we even look for how many years in the industry. Hmm. I don't mind hiring someone who's a great person who shows a lot of initiative, who doesn't have experience. But what I do see is their last job or their last career, they were there for seven years. Mm-hmm. Or how about they were there for seven years and they were promoted three different times in those seven years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I may actually want that person over someone who's coming to me with seven years experience, but has worked for five different um, companies in those seven years. So that's something we look for. But initiative. We look for initiative. So what I was getting on is the young lady who she didn't get a call through the initial screening process. She might've been one of 12 or 13 people who submitted resumes that week for this open requisition or open, open job. And let's say five got phone calls and seven or eight did not. And she probably did not because she lacked certain qualifications that that are being looked for. It could have been, she didn't have uh, industry experience um, maybe it was a college degree. Maybe it was a foreign language that was being, being looked, looked upon. Uh, maybe it was, Hey, this person's had five or six jobs in the past five or six years or a combination, of all of the above, but she did something that so few do that will, for me, make sure she always gets noticed and she at least gets an at bat. What do you think that was? I don't know where you were going with it. I thought she went on social media and threw a tirade, but now I'm thinking she probably, I don't know, said, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no. So all she did, and maybe I didn't do a good enough job of setting this up. Um, social media was just, hey, first and foremost, like <laughs> P's and Q's. I'm beyond that. Like yeah. that was just a fair warning. Okay. Like y'all need to get your crap together. If you are out and you are loud and you're obnoxious on social media and you don't hide yourself, please know that goes into people's perception of you mm-hmm. up front and it'll impact whether or not you even get an interview, let alone get hired. Yes. That's just, no, th- this, this, uh, story I was telling you, and I told it in a very long roundabout Dustin Owen style way of doing things was essentially her resume was one in which didn't capture the attention of the first screener. Okay. She lacked industry experience. She lacked a college degree. She lacked speaking a, for, a, a foreign language fluently, all things that we look for. Um, and, and, and she, she had a really bad track record of only being at certain jobs for six months, nine months, 13 months, really no stability. Gotcha. But 
she did something that no one else had done, which is picked up the phone Uh. and called somebody. And she didn't even call the right person. She picked up the phone. She called the um, front desk. Mm -hmm. It was then forwarded to me. And because she left me a voicemail, because that voicemail was pretty professional, I picked up the phone, Hmm. called her right back. She got a 20-minute conversation with one of the hiring managers, all because she picked up the phone and showed initiative. Yeah. Now, she may still not be the best candidate for the position. She may still not make this round of cuts. But what she did is forever got herself noticed. Yep. So, and, And her resume will now be stored. And not stored in a filing cabinet, but stored in the special email inbox yeah. that we go to when we're like, oh my God, we need somebody. Yeah. Like yesterday. Yeah. Well, who do I have? Who impressed me over the past three months, six months, nine months that maybe they didn't make the final cut, but there's mm. someone that we want to bring back. Yeah. Well, this young lady went from basically not making it through the initial screening, right? Initial screening means you never even made it to a hiring manager. Yeah. You know, you you were with the HR department um, to she's going to be considered. Nice. So show initiative. Yeah. Hey, if you're a employment victim of COVID and you're out in the job market for something that wasn't on you, you didn't choose to, you didn't do something to upset your employer to deserve this, but it just happened because life happens. Pick up the phone and show initiative. Yeah. You and I were talking about something else uh, before we we uh, hit record. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember what that was? We talked about a lot of stuff. I don't know if it's appropriate to share at this matter at this point, but as it pertains to <laughs> as it pertains to seeking employment, showing initiative, yeah. staying off of off of social media. You know, w- one of mine is is this, and and I'm seeing this right now. Um, I have a uh, a friend of a family member reached out to me because they see that we have open requisitions, basically uh, uh, positions we're looking to fill. Uh-huh. And um, no industry experience, but this is someone that they're younger in life. They're younger in their career. They're only maybe a year or two or three removed from schooling. Mm-hmm. And whatever it was that they were doing for a living, it's not available to them. And this this person very well climbed the ladder, right? They probably already started off at 12 bucks an hour, then worked it up to 15 bucks an hour. And maybe this person's sitting at 20 bucks an hour, but that $20 an hour job is gone. Yeah. And their, their industry and their profession isn't one in which there's like a designation, like, you know, teachers, they have designations, cops, designations, nurses, designations, engineers, designations. Yeah. No, there isn't a designation for somebody who worked customer service or worked administration or, you know, especially if there's not a college degree that goes along with it. Yeah. It's really about, well, well what have you done? What's your skill set? And can that translate? So this person, my advice to them, if they were to ask me for it, would be, hey, you're not going to be able to make 40000 Yeah. You may need to go back to making thirty four or thirty six or 35 But what you need to ask yourself is, are you willing to do so? If this is a position or an industry where if you're willing to make 35 the first year, 39 the second year, you can make 52 your third year and 60 your fourth. Mm. And when you compare that, you need to also compare that with the industry that, by the way, you don't work there anymore. <laughs> um, in that industry, were you on that same trajectory? Or once you got from 12 to 15 to 20 bucks an hour, are you going to be 20 bucks an hour plus a 3% raise mm. for the rest of your life? But that's that's a teacher. Yeah. 
A teacher is, hey, coming out of school, you're 40 grand or you're 48 grand or you're 52 grand, depending on what part of the country. After that, you're a 3% raise. That's it. Every year. Yep. Now you can go get your master's. I've always, you know, questioned this. Hey, go drop 24 grand on a master's yeah. so you can make 2,500 more a year. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, run some ROI on that That's, one. <laughs> I mean, it's like, now, if you're going to have your schooling paid for, you're going to be reimbursed by yeah, your employer. That makes sense. I mean, there's so many reasons why you should continue on. If you're going to use that to get into administration and administration, you're going to make more money than teaching. Um, and it's not, I know, always about money. For yeah. me, it might be. And for other people, it might be. For others, it's not. Yeah. Um, but that person who is currently in the job market un, uh, 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 without something that they did or they asked for, mm-hmm. my advice is going to be you may need to take a 25% pay cut to get a job that could lead to a career with a company with longevity. If it means you can turn that 35,000 to 70,000 over the next five years, yeah. especially if your previous job, the one you don't work at, didn't give you that trajectory. Mm. So and it's like, okay, but you're short five grand on your bills. Are you afraid of a side hustle? Like, can you not valet cars? Can you not tend bar? Can you not deliver pizza or Uber or, or I guess Uber Eats? Yeah. Right. There's to pick up an extra five grand. You could babysit. Yeah. You 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 could babysit and pick up an extra five grand a year, if it if it meant going to work for a company in an industry that offered you a longevity, b happiness, but c the opportunity to exponentially grow your income over the next three, four, five years. Yeah. And I've seen that happen. Like I've seen that happen here at Waterstone Mortgage where someone was willing to come in and say, yeah, like entry level, I'm fine starting off at entry level as long as you can paint the picture yeah. for me. Hiring managers, that, that would be my advice to you. When you're seeking candidates and you're interviewing them, please know that the candidate's interviewing you as much as that you're interviewing them. Yep. Are you painting the appropriate picture? Are you making your opportunity one in which they can't pass up? Or is your opportunity just another J-O-B? Mm. Hey, because I don't know about you. I don't want to hire someone who just needs a J-O-B. Yeah. I want to hire someone who wants a career, who wants to be a part of what, what we're a part of, who wants to buy into the mission statement. But in return, I want to show you how this is more than just a J-O-B on our end, that, that we want to support you and your career growth. And we want to celebrate you earning promotions and raises and, and um, you know, really etching out a spot for you in this industry, let alone in this, in this company. Yeah. And look, I'm not a professional recruiter, right? These are just my, my, my tips and tidbits. Yeah. Um, when you interview, here we go, here we go. When you interview, please do some research. It is impressive. Even if your research is the most basic and I, and I know that all you did was go on the, on our website and you can spout out to me that we are founded in 2000, that we were, that we were purchased by the bank in, in this yeah. particular year, and that this person's the CEO, you at least show some initiative. But if you want to wow me, no, really do some research. Like, pick up the phone and call some of our current associates. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Be like, hey, look, I'm looking to interview with your company. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about it? Yeah. Anyone who shows initiative in general, mm-hmm. in general... My friend's daughter 
just, she's a college age, great kid. Um, just went to work for my sister, my sister. I mean, and, and she's, you know, my sister's assistant and it's a part-time already. The feedback is through the roof impressive because this young lady shows initiative because this young lady picks up the phone and will start asking questions to my sister that are on topics that my sister hasn't trained on. Mm-hmm. But this particular associate of hers has already gone above and beyond to show the initiative. Yeah. So if you want a job, show initiative. Absolutely. If you want to impress your employer, show initiative. Yeah. If you're going on an interview, do research. But if you really want to wow with your research, show initiative and pick up the phone and interview. Ask a couple questions. Don't hide from the from who you are and why you're calling and thank them for their time and be gracious, but to be like, hey, John, my name is Dustin. You and I don't know each other, but you work for XYZ Company. I'm interviewing with them next week, tomorrow. Can I steal like two or three minutes? I want to find out how you like working there and um, why. Yeah. Let them talk. Thank them for their time. Take notes and take that into the interview. Yeah, you're going to impress me. Yeah. By the way, ask me more questions than I ask you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, do not ask me about vacation time. Do people really have you had that when like uh, they led like Oh, I need to know about your PTO policy. Like first time meeting? First time meeting, which look, that's very important. Work-life balance is important. But the minute you lead with that or if that comes up early yeah. on in the process, God. It's it it is um it's sliding. It slights us as as interviewers. Well, it just means like, oh, the first thing you're thinking about is when before you even get the job is when can I start taking time off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I get benefits, especially if you have a um, previously existing condition or a family member that does. Yeah, I get asking about benefits. I, you should, you better if you listen to this podcast, you yeah. better ask <laughs> about 401k match. Yeah, and how soon can I contribute? And like, th- there's certain questions that you want to know. But there's also certain assumptions that 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 you should make. It's it's assumed that you're going to get vacation. It's assumed you're going to get PTO. It's assumed yeah. you have sick days. Yeah. Especially if you've done your research on the company. I mean, if you realize that this company is nationwide and it has 500 plus employees, companies yeah. like that don't roll with shitty benefits. Yeah. You know, they may be average at best, but average at best is probably all you know. Yeah. So yeah, but but come with some questions prepared. Ask the interviewer about themselves, about what they love about their job. Yeah. Ask the interviewer questions like this. If you were in my shoes, Uh-oh. what what advice would you give me? Or when, when you were in my shoes, mm-hmm. how did you get to where you are today? Yep. What do you attribute to your success? What's the number one thing I can do to bring value to this organization? Value a lot of times is revenue. Right, we had Lewis in. Remember having Lewis yeah, in? Absolutely. More people should go back and listen to that to, to that episode because Lewis Valsaint, he talks about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. Intra with an I, not an E. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is making yourself valuable to your organization. When you're interviewing, those questions should come up with who you're interviewing. You know, asking how can I? Now, if you can find a way that you brought value to your previous organization, that's a great story to tell. But don't be afraid to ask questions when you're in the interview. Mm-hmm. Handwritten thank you notes. Holy oh, cow! D- yep. I do. I have stories for you. For yeah, I yeah. A lot of what you said right now is like pick up the phone and call. I did write write handwritten notes. I did is, goddamn. 
it's like going through the process like deja vu yeah so so you're saying when you were interviewing you made sure that oh. that that you followed up at, le- at a minimum follow up with an email oh yeah email uh, by the way with a subject line thank you for your time today oh, that God. that works I, I i got so i had it down pat so when i started you know i was kind of I was at, you know, my previous job for a while, 13 years, you know, I was, I, I hadn't interviewed for quite some time, but given all the, my experience, I figured like, once I get back out, there's like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll just, you know, turn on the, yeah, I'll, I'll get it back going again. And you what go I, turn on the false, I'll turn the on the job first, opportunity. Yeah, just, just go flowing in. That's okay. not, no. So, I mean, I got some opportunities and I got some bites and I started interviewing and what I qu- quickly realized is, damn, I, there's a lot to talk about, but it's, it takes practice. You can't just go in there cold and be like, hey, yeah, so tell me about yourself. Uh, you know, I kind of got caught up. So it took me a little bit, a little while to kind of get my feet back under me in terms of kind of interviewing and, you know, the right flow and kind of how to quickly say what I was going to say. Cause you know, these people are dealing with, you know, 15, 20 interviews a day. So you have to be quick to the point, but also stand out. Uh, and you also can, um, you can't overdress in my opinion. Yeah. Now you should dress for the occasion, right? You, if you ever want to know how to dress, call someone and ask, mm-hmm. but I can't remember one time in the past 10 years that anyone has turned myself or any other hiring manager off because they came wearing a full suit as a guy mm-hmm. or, or, or as a lady wearing a pantsuit, pantyhose, a dress or skirt. Um, I'm not totally on point with the terminology used for women's business <laughs> yeah. attire. Uh, I'm sure my daughter will, will correct me when she listens to this, that there's a difference between a dress and a skirt. And you wear dresses to dinners. You don't wear dresses to work. You wear skirts, but Hopefully the listeners know what I'm getting at here. Okay, yeah. um, you can't overdress. Very important. Uh, you can underdress. You can underdress. <laughs> you you can definitely underdress. And I'm not saying you need to go out and buy new clothes. You can polish those old shoes up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you can go out and buy new pantyhose and get your old suit cleaned. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely matters how how you dress. But no, the the, the big things to me are, are what I said earlier. It's picking the phone and showing initiative. It's doing some research on the, on the company, showing showing initiative. When you come in, it's it's being prepared mm-hmm. to ask questions. And there's nothing wrong. In fact, I love it when someone whips out a yellow notepad like well, I did. Has, I did have some questions. Yeah. As long as they don't lead with PTO. And you know, look, understanding what comp is is important. You should know what the comp is before you come in. You should have an idea of at least a range. Hey, this job pays somewhere between. 18 and $25 an hour, depending on your experience. Yep. Like you should know going into it. If you're finding out about comp, the, the minute that you sit down, you're kind of wasting your time and the interviewer's time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to interview someone. If this job is only budgeted to pay 30 to 40 grand a year, and the person who I'm interviewing can't work for less than 48, mm. it, it's a waste of my time and their time. So yeah. I think that's something that that those that are in the job marketing seeking employment, you, you, should, you should understand that. And don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Like, I mean, you should want to not waste your own time, let yeah. alone someone else's time. Yeah. I mean, the 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 the, the easy ones be punctual. Yeah. I mean, it, it should look. Flat tires happen and accidents happen and train stopping on railroad tracks. You gotta you gotta build that in though. You gotta yes. you almost gotta be you gotta have to be so early that you have to prepare to like sit in the parking lot for ten minutes. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you have an interesting uh, interesting story about about interviewing here. Yeah. Um, that I would love to know the answer because this right here almost never happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I ghosted you <laughs> on your interview and it was a total honest mistake. Yeah. Um, our home office is in the central time zone mm-hmm. 
and our screening process is done out of the home office. Yep. And a calendar invite was sent to me, and Central Time got transposed as Eastern Time. Uh-huh. I thought the interview was at 10.30. It was told to you at 9.30. <laughs> yeah. And I was at another appointment getting a phone call, being like, hey, uh, there's a John Coleman here to interview with you. I'm like, man, this dude is early. <laughs> then I went back and started rereading the notes, and I saw where the, the screw-up mm-hmm. was, and you straight up left. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was a time in my life that I had been through the gauntlet of interviews, so I thought it was just another like, ah. Oh. Okay, then that's when I was like, yeah, I, I left. I walked out. How did we get you back? Um, on the way home, I called my mom. Okay. I was the voice of reason, and I was like, "Ma, I was there. I don't, I don't know. Like, he wasn't there. I, I said if I could reschedule. She was like, "You better turn around. You know, the m- typical mother. No, you're not. You turn turn around. Go back. You got the interview. Turn around. Go back. Are you sh- turn around. Go back. <laughs> Just like Jordan and his mom. No, you're gonna go to that Nike thing. Yeah. All right, Ma. Whatever. Literally came back, and I, I, as I was pulling in, I think you were literally pull- You got out of your car, and yeah, that was that was it. The grace of mother saved me. Okay, so so you reached out to a voice of reason because yeah. now were you even planning on rescheduling? Yeah, I know, no, I, I was, but it was just given because that timing, as I can attest, is frustrating. Kind of going through it when you think you kind of you did well in an interview or you think you got some bites. Um, but honestly, that's all part of the process. I think going through all those hoops, jumping through all those hoops, actually prepared me so much more to where I, when I did sit down and there was a a valid opportunity and a good opportunity. Um, and I saw that and I was able to kind of quickly capitalize on it. So yeah, what went from like a missed meeting. I think we talked for like 15 minutes here and you're like, yeah, I think we can do this. I, I think this is going to work. And I was like, yeah. What, um, this is, this is going to be, uh, um, getting personal here, yeah. but like you were interviewing with a mortgage company. Yeah. Like, did that go into, into part of your, your mindset? You're like, man, this isn't even like a video production ah. marketing company. I don't even know why I'm here. This dude's late. All, all, and- yeah, all the above. Like, it did. But, you know, at the same time, like, uh, it was an opportunity to kind of apply my skills that I had learned to something new. And I was like, that's kind of always interesting for me. Um, and this was more of a little bit, I don't want to call it, like, gaming is a career, but this is more of like a step, you know, just as I don't know. It's a little bit more serious, I would well, say. Well, you're getting the opportunity to to create your own department. Yeah. I mean, you and I talk about all the time. Like, as a hiring manager, that's me painting the biggest picture. Yeah. Like, that is me. It's a little bit of a, of a dangling of a carrot also, but yeah. it's like, no, let's think big. Yeah. And Waterstone Mortgage could very well need a media department, a mm-hmm. social media department, that if you can figure it out, oh, yeah. man, it'll be yours. Absolutely. Like, it'll be yours to, to take ownership of. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back to what Lewis talks about, that there's your entrepreneurship opportunity. Yeah. No, and honestly, kudos to you, like to tell you that to give me the opportunity because going through the uh, the interview process, I've heard a lot. Yeah, this is what it's going to be. This is going to be. But honestly, you were the thing that I value is you were genuine. Um, it wasn't. You really weren't kind of blowing smoke on my ass. Um, and then honestly, when you talked about like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for, and I can honestly attest that now that I've been on the job for six months. Um, everything you kind of said in the interview was spot on. It's like that you can take this as far as you want. I expect you to kind of build the department. Um, I want to hold you accountable, but I'm not necessarily going to hold your hand, which I appreciate because uh, that shows you build trust with like that. You empower me to kind of do my job correctly. And therefore, I want to kind of reciprocate that and do a good job. So I just have to keep on remembering to tell you when I like something. Oh, yeah, I like that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I like that. That post you did was on point. Um, sometimes I forget to do that. No, like you just you just forget or you only talk about how things could could have gotten better mm-hmm. and, and not necessarily that all the things that mm-hmm. went well. Correct. Um, what was one of your scariest? Uh, not scariest. I hate that word. No. But like you, know, what was like during that that process? Cause, yeah. Because you had about what six months or nine months? Eight. Yeah, like nine. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. And eight. and and I know. I mean, I know because we've we've developed a friendship yeah. that 
you didn't want to go to work right away. You wanted oh, no, to travel. I, yeah, I wanted like, to chill. Like I, there was no rush. But I would say the, the scariest. I would say the scariest, most disheartening is I had a couple opportunities. That I thought like, wow, I, I think I'm going to get this position. Um, went through like set, you know six, seven hour long phone interviews. Uh, got called into like the home office. And then when I got into the home office, it just it just crumbled. I was like, oh, wow, this isn't what I expected. I thought, like, usually I always feel that if I get an in-person interview, I, I should get the job. I'm, I okay. feel like I'm qualified. So if I can make it through the hoops of actually, you know, the digital call back forth, et cetera, and I get a face interview, I'll, I feel pretty confident about getting the job. Uh, so I got to this sit-down interview. It was another two-hour gauntlet met with every director, which way. Felt, got like a pit in my stomach. I was like, this doesn't feel right. I was like, I went in thinking I was going to crush it. I came out saying, I don't know if I got it. And then like, you know, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch when it's like a week. So then I followed up. I sent the emails like, hey, uh, just wanted to see, you know, how's how's been going? Please, you know, just eager to, you know, follow up. Ghost. Another week goes by and I'm like, okay. So then I pick up the phone and then I, I get the lady that actually interviewed me in HR. I was like, hey, I just want to follow up. And she was like, oh, very, oh, oh hello. Uh, how did you, um, you know, she was, didn't expect me to call. Um, eventually, I didn't get it. I got the email like four months later saying like, sorry, we moved on. Um, but that was the moment I was like, wow, like, shit, like, is it me? Like, what's like, what's going on? Because um, having had so much experience, having thought I did everything right, you know, I had the college degree. Um, I was well-spoken, I thought, um, had the resume to kind of back it up. So to kind of get rejected like that was like, damn. But um, going through all that, honestly, I, I couldn't have landed in a better position. To well, well, things happen for a, a reason in life. At least that's no, that's that, something I believe in. I can't stress that enough. It's a lot. It's it's a little bit of skill, a lo little bit of luck. I think it's a, a soup of the mix. Like you can't just go out just on your skills alone. A lot of it is timing, as you can see, and luck. Um, but yeah, it's, damn. Because it's, had I had had I gotten that job in the other position, I would have been laid off. I would have been furloughed. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. I can see. Cause okay. They, yeah, they they shrunk down and same thing. Another interview, another position I had for like a local uh, marketing ad agency. Really excited. I was like, oh, this is cool. I can kind of do creative stuff. Same thing. Got the interview. Got in person, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's not going to work out. That was actually my follow up question. Do you know where the people who, the people who actually. Um, were hired and not you. Yes. Did you find out who they yeah, were? Yeah, of course. I stalked them on LinkedIn. Did I found, you? Yeah, I found out. What were they more qualified than you for that for that particular position? Yes, okay. I think the job description, how it was laid out online, kind of matched with me perfectly. But then when I got in, I think they were looking for a little bit more design elements, like hands-on, like really like a Photoshop whiz kind of okay. guru, like digital artist. I'm not there yet. I can kind of visualize it, but I'm more like hands-on videography for. Uh, photography, etc. Um, so that's when I was like, okay, cool. I was so it wasn't a total ego blow at that point. No. Once you realized what it was that they were looking yes, for. Yes, because had I got say I I lied my way and I got in, they would have been like, cool. I need all these renders and I need this and I need a three D sketch and I'd be like, shit. Like I there's not enough YouTube videos <laughs> for you to watch. Not. At least not enough time. No, there's not enough. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, did you send me a handwritten thank you note? I don't know. I don't think so. To hire you too fast, I probably did. I it literally it went from. How it started, um, full full disclosure, it started out as like a temporary, yeah. like part time thing. It wasn't even going to be like, it was like, hey, I think it was listed as like marketing assistant. And it started as marketing assistant. You'll come in, and it was basically like entry level. And at that point, I was like, yes, just apply. Yeah, you're like, I'll do this, and I'll do some freelance stuff on the side, yeah, I, and this will get my wife off my back, literally, and literally. It'll, it'll help pay pay the bills. Literally, so and, all, yep, yeah, yeah, all that went in. So it was like, oh, marketing assistant jobs, and I got serious, whatever. I'll, 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 yeah, that's why I was kind of like nonchalant about it, but. I mean, kind of seeing where this has blossomed now is awesome. So here's what's interesting. For both hiring managers as well as, especially hiring managers that, that, that have um, a say in the organization, mm -hmm. 
Um, and as well as those that are going on the interviews, you never know where it's going to go. You yeah. never know mm-hmm. who it is that you're actually interviewing with, and you don't know who they know. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your one time to shine. Why would you ever want to screw it up? Mm-hmm. Right? I-, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. John shows up thinking, oh, he's just going to interview for a for a part-time job with part-time pay. Yeah. He ended up with a full-time gig <laughs> with full benefits, 401k, 401k <laughs> yeah. match, like, like with longevity and a career yeah. behind it. Yeah. Which wasn't your mindset coming in. Wasn't at all. Probably one of the reasons why you also were like, okay, this guy's late. I'm leaving until he called mom. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Coleman, for uh, talking sense into your son yet again. Yeah. Yet again, Mrs. Coleman to the rescue. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's imperative for people to know is yeah. you don't know. How many times have, I mean, I, I'm, I'm asking you this rhetorical <laughs> yeah. question. I'll, I'll tell you guys, <laughs> countless, I mean, half a dozen to a dozen times have we interviewed someone and it wasn't a good fit for then, or the timing just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But 90 days later, 45 days later, yep. I pick up the phone and I go to that that little email folder that I have. I go right to that email folder. I know what I'm looking for. I find it. I pick up the phone. Hey, are you still interested? And I understand that sometimes it's like, you know what? I found a really good gig. Yeah. Other times it's been... Tell me more. Yeah. Tell I, me more. Yeah. Like, okay, well, we we had talked about X. We currently have a position available for Y, mm-hmm. and we would love for you to fill it, be a part of it. Um, we've interviewed uh, we've interviewed people that their skill set was not good enough, but their personality. Mm-hmm was off the charts, everything that we want and need. That's what I want to ask you. Is, uh, what what do you value kind of, I don't say value more, but um, obviously you have people who are really talented, but th- their personality sucks or vice versa. What do you kind of value more? Someone who has an awesome personality that you can work with that will take the time to learn. Yes. May- okay, okay. It's, it's, look, you can't teach someone not to be an asshole. Hmm. Well, you so. can't. I mean, you can't teach someone to care. You can't teach someone work ethic. There are many people, and I'm saying this is this is from coast to coast, Spokane to Washington, from to Key, to Key West, and everything yeah. in between. Like, there are people that trade their 40 hours a week for a paycheck. They come in, they do enough not to get fired. They collect their paycheck and they they go home. There's many days I envy those people because they also don't bring work home with them. The mental stress, the the thousand pounds of weight on their shoulders. But that's also someone who won't make the first round of, 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 of furloughs or layoffs. And, you know, it's not the person who's going to get promoted. And you know, it's not who you want to build an organization around. So if you are someone in an interview that you just shine, I can speak for my organization, but I'm pretty sure many others will find a role for you. Yeah, We will find a role for you. We, certain, certain things are we can teach you this over the next four to six months. I can't teach you to be a good, nice, hardworking, caring person yeah. ever, let alone over four to six months. So there's certain things. It's like, no, let, let's get you on board. Let's figure out how to train you. Yeah. I mean, there, there's been times where we've told people, I honestly don't know what you're going to do. I have an idea, um, but this is what you're really good at. We need more people like you. And if you can believe in me, know that we're going to believe in you. Mm. If you can trust me, we're going to invest in you. And in return, I want to give you not just a job, but a career 
that lasts until you want it to no longer last. Hopefully for me, that's retirement yeah. or they win the lottery. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what people need to understand when they're out looking for jobs, when they're out um, interviewing, when they're out submitting their resumes. Look, if you're being frustrated because you're submitting your resume and not hearing anything, pick up the damn phone. Pick up the phone. Call somebody. If you go on an interview and you're unprepared, you are limiting your opportunities. If you do not follow up with a handwritten thank you note, with an email thanking that person for their time, then you're limiting your opportunities. Um, and don't be afraid to ask the hard questions about things like pay up front in advance. Don't ask them about PTO first thing when I ask you, do you have any questions? Yeah, so I was wondering how many PTO hours do I get? Yeah, can you walk me through? <laughs> now, if you have a special circumstance, hey, look, I have a wedding, it's next month. Okay, yeah. th that's not asking about PTO. Yeah. That's just saying, if you hire me, I need you to understand I have a previous engagement that I cannot cancel. Yeah. My sister's getting married and I'm in the wedding party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's um, that's today's show. Yeah. I mean, these are just what I think are most basic, simple principles, but obviously not everyone. You would be surprised how many people just don't follow them. Yeah, not, not everyone follows them. And by the way, you can't follow up too much. I guess you can. If you call more than once or twice a day, you can follow up too much. But- don't be afraid to follow up. Mm -mm. Worst case, worst case is you're still not getting the job, but they now have moved your resume higher up the um, uh, the stack of resumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're now going to be added to that folder of resumes to keep. Yeah. Or what if the person that accepted the job recants? That's that's huge. I mean, like you said, the biggest thing you can study, you can apply, but. The unknown is has such an impact on kind of landing the job to where you you just always you can't get too frustrated. I mean, yes, it's frustrating, but you always have to stay somewhat optimistic and know that there is a master plan somewhere. Yeah, let's let's walk you through what that looks like really quick. Yeah, then then, then we'll go ahead and, and end the show. Yeah. Um. So let's say three people made it through the screening process. Three people earned a live interview. Yep. Of the three people, you were number three. Mm -hmm. That means they like two people above you. Yep. They pick up the phone. They offer number one. They're like, yeah, you know what? I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm cool where I am. Yeah. Right? I'm cool with my current situation. Maybe they're gainfully employed. Yeah. They go to number two. Number two, I would love to take this job. I can start in two weeks. They go and they give their two-week notice to their current employer. Current employer er, hits the brakes. Uh -huh. What's it going to take to keep you, John? Oh, well, we, would hate, we would hate to lose you. Okay, well, if you did a good enough job of, of, of being a solid number three, you follow up, you did the handwritten thank you note, mm -hmm. then you're getting that phone call. But usually because you did the handwritten thank you note because you followed up, you may have actually gone from three to two. Yeah. And you never had to worry about the second person nope. going through their situation. Now, a lot of times you weren't going to go from three to one because you did a handwritten thank you note and you did a good job of following mm -hmm. up because one, look, one may speak a language that you don't speak. One may have experience that, that you don't have. Yeah. One may just, ha just be better, just plain out better yeah. at this point in their career. But if number two and number three were a toss up, you could have elevated yourself from three to oh, two yeah. just by doing simple follow up. Simple follow up. That's it. That is the end of today's episode 
of the Loan Officer Podcast. I'm Dustin Owen. He's John Coleman. And we're out. Peace. <laughs>